What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. fans welcome to another edition of football 24 7 i'm your guy tone the shows the second i'm joined by none other than our philadelphia eagles insider john mcmullen who gives you guys the best eagles insight in the market you can check him out on si.com also known as sports illustrated uh but si.com make sure you guys check him out there fan nation and also uh make sure you guys uh, check him out on jacobsports.com and on jacob sports original show birds 365 with his partner in crime jordy mcdonald again smash that like button as i always say and make sure you guys are subscribed to the jacob sports youtube channel now it's the off season these shows aren't going to be that long you guys we're going to try to keep you here for about maybe 30 35 minutes if that we're going to try to hit you guys with the insight straight no chaser and get right to the content so john first and foremost how you feeling second and second most man what's going on with these eagles man what's all this what's all this talk about cliff kingsbury um cliff kingsbury where where where's that well there's some people who believe that the eagles um 
kind of identified Cliff first um, and that that would have been their preference for uh, to be the offensive coordinator. I don't know if that's the case. What what happened was I think he was the leader in the clubhouse after the first interviews. Uh, and then in the second interviews, he kind of pushed a little bit too much when it came to control. And you have this, you're trying to thread this needle um, with Nick Sirianni. As, uh, obviously, as an offensive head coach, they're trying to take uh, a lot of power, let's be honest, a lot of power away from Nick Sirianni. Um, but they don't want to take everything away from Nick Sirianni and say, hey, you know, essentially set up a a, a system where the offensive coordinator doesn't have to listen to the head coach at certain times. That's not going to work. So I, I think they kind of begged off when he pushed uh, uh, for a little bit too much autonomy. And then they went in the direction uh, of Kellen Moore. You know, it was probably one and one A. They were probably battling back and forth. But I think it's fair to say I, I talked to two people uh, around the Eagles who thought Cliff was sort of the leader in the clubhouse. And then all of a sudden, all, all of a sudden something changed. So that part of it's true. I don't know if you're hearing they wanted Cliff Kingsbury. I don't I wouldn't go that far. I think they were interested in him and, and things didn't work out. If you think about Clip in general, uh, he also agreed. He actually agreed to terms with the Raiders, but then he pushed for another year. So maybe he's kind of a headstrong guy. He ended up in Washington, which is going to be interesting because not only is Washington have Clip Kingsbury, but they also have Brian Johnson now. They hired Brian Johnson to be their passing game coordinator. So, um, you know. A lot of incestuous moves in the NFC East, if you think about they hired Dan Quinn away from the Cowboys and Joe uh, Witt as well. So um, they got Eagles people, people Eagles, the people maybe the Eagles wanted. They have Cowboys people. It's going to be interesting what Josh Harris is doing in Washington. Yeah, you know, you said a lot there, and um, there's so much to unpack. Um, let's just start with the whole Nick Sirianni part of things, right? You know, Cliff coming into those meetings, the second meeting probably pushed a little too hard for control, which probably could start to tread over into uh, Nick Sirianni's wheelhouse. Um, that begs the question, how much does this new dynamic between Nick Sirianni and the front office and just his overall role in general, how much does this change complicate uh, the way they've uh, done their hires thus far? Again, Cliff, you know, he, he pushed a little bit, he could push a little bit too far. Um, uh, Kellen Moore I evidently knew his place in that regard. How much does Nick Sirianni's current position with the Eagles complicate things in their hiring processes? Well, I think it complicates things in general. I think that's why I didn't agree with what they did because you're trying to thread not only you're trying to thread a needle, you got a really small eye, it's a really small needle. So you're trying to create this setup, and I can't even tell you what exactly the setup is going to be because. In theory, you know, they wanted Nick Sirianni. He kind of, uh, not kind of, he admitted he had to go outside his family of coaches. Um, so that, you know, describes everybody, essentially, they interviewed. Um, so they wanted to get away from his family of coaches. But on the other hand, you know, somebody like Cliff Kingsbury, maybe the personality is too strong. Um, you know, a lot of things can go wrong in these situations. But 
basically the description I was given is that he's a better fit for Jalen Hurts, and that was why he probably led the pack at the beginning uh, because he's got a lot of experience taking advantage of uh, quarterbacks who run a lot of RPOs and stuff like that. So that's probably where he had the advantage to begin. But, you know, then you go through the interview process and certain red flags pop pop up. Maybe somebody else uh, impresses more than you think. But, you know, I, I, I again, I wouldn't say it was, oh, the Eagles wanted Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I don't think that's the case. So I don't know if anybody's saying that. But I, I don't know if anybody's going that far. Um, they were interested and once they got through the interview process, they turned in a different direction, which happens all the time. You know, if you know, hearing hearing you say that Cliff Kingsbury potentially may have been a uh, a more hand in glove fit for Jalen Hurts' skill set, you know, it makes you think about Kellen Moore and what he brings to the table and how this dynamic is going to exist between him and Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts' skill set, right? Um, well, I mean, it, you can look at it a lot of ways. I think I said it back last week. I said, well, you know, maybe what Jalen Hurts is now today on February 8th, whatever it is, um, you know, Cliff might be a better fit for what he does well today. But I think the goal is ultimately to keep evolving and, and perhaps Kellen Moore becomes a better fit because he can coach uh, the more traditional aspects of the game and marry it to uh, the RPO game, and maybe it ends up being better. So, you know, we talked about motion. Kellen Moore uses more motion. The Eagles want to get uh, more motion into the offense. They want the quarterback under center a little bit more, not a ton, but a little bit more. Basically, right now, it's just tush pushes. You know, they want to be able to throw from under center. Um He's got more experience doing that. Um, so, you know, and he's been very good with uh, uh, blitz and teaching quarterbacks how to handle the blitz. So he's at one point had uh, Dak Prescott was number one in the NFL a couple of years ago against the blitz. So he's got a lot of positives in his uh, camp as well. But if you're just talking about, maybe the Nick Sirianni offense and, and how you, you want to rewind back to 2022 and what Jalen did well um, when he was runner up to the MVP, probably clips a better fit for that. So, you know, but I think evolution is a good thing. And I think that's part of the problem. I don't think he evolved enough as teams adjusted and, um, took away some of the things he did well previously. And that's what defensive coordinators in this league do. They try to take away what you are comfortable doing and make you left-handed, so to speak. Um, they're just trying to make you uncomfortable and, and trying to make you do things that you're not as comfortable with. And that's sort of, I think, what happened with Jalen Hurts this season. Mm. So, you know, what do you say to those who say, well, you know, the Eagles should bring somebody in who can do a better job at maximizing what he does well and kind of reinventing and, um, 
you know, taking what he does well to the next level. If there, if there, if there's a next level that even exists, you know, when it comes to what he does, <clears throat> um, what do you say to those people who say, ah, Kellamore could be a square pig round hole thing with Jalen Hurts? What do you say to that? Uh, I wouldn't go that far, but I, 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 you know, I think there is something. That's what Nick Sirianni said before the season. Basically, you know, it's not necessarily. He did an interview with with Jeff McLean when Jeff was on uh, with us at Birds 365. He did an interview with Jeff before the season, and that's basically what he said. It's not necessarily adding things. It's just perfecting what you do. And unfortunately, the way the NFL, that didn't work, and you regressed. So now the problem is, and this is, you know, coaching staffs around the league. It's not just Philadelphia. The problem is the the industry is so public-facing. Fans get upset when you don't reach expectations. It's very hard to be disciplined and not react to that. And Jeffrey Lurie has proven that he's not going to be the most disciplined, the most patient person. So you assign blame. And the blame assigned was, you know, Brian Johnson uh, Alex Tanny, to a certain degree, most of the coaching staff is getting blown out with the exception of Jeff Stoutland. We'll see if anybody else, I think Kevin Petullo as well. We'll see if anybody else sticks around. But, you know, even Jeff Stoutland's assistant, Roy Isban, that surprised me, uh, is is leaving uh, for Cleveland in a lateral move. So the Eagle, mm-hmm. that means the Eagles essentially let him go. Um and as I said, Brian got a job. Alex Tanny is now a passing game. So Alex got a promotion. Um, so other people around the NFL don't think these are bad coaches, but it's the way of the NFL. You have to assign blame. People don't want to blame the players. And understandably so, I get it from a fan perspective. Believe me, I get it. You don't want to blame the players. So this isn't this isn't just the Eagles issue. This is a league wide issue. Oh we're yeah, talking about this, here. Is, this is a league wide issue. Look at what's going on in the NFC East. I wrote about this. Look at what's going on. Dan Quinn is the head coach of the Washington Commanders. Now he didn't get fired in Dallas, but he was coming off the worst game of the year when they got blown out in the playoffs by the Green Bay Packers. Um, they hire the, the the Cowboys secondary coach to be the defensive coordinator. They just hired Brian Johnson to be um, the passing game coordinator underneath Cliff Kingsbury, who we we're just talking about, uh, to be the offensive coordinator. Um, you you look at the Eagles and what they've done. Kellen Moore, former Cowboys offensive coordinator, a couple of years ago. Doug Nussmeyer, former Cowboys uh, quarterback coach. They were blamed in Dallas a couple of years ago. Scapegoated hmm. in Dallas. Now they're in Philadelphia. Um, it's it's amazing. And and Dallas is now they need a defensive coordinator. And two of the people they interviewed are Ron, Ron Rivera, Rivera and Wink Martindale. Uh it, it's, this is a it, mess, John. This is a mess when you put the way you framing it right now, it makes me think like, man, this is nasty work. This is this is this is this, it, is, this, just, this is like high school. Everyone's dating each other's exes. Yeah, it's just it's just you're shoveling your 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 you got the deck chairs and you're just shuffling them around. I mean, they're not bad coaches. Right. I say it all. Andy Reid's going for his third Super Bowl title. People don't talk like us talking about other teams, but um, 
you know, with Kansas City. Andy won four games his last year in Philadelphia. Doug Peterson won a Super Bowl. He ran four games. This is the, the common sense aspect of this I don't get. That they all of a sudden become bad coaches when they have bad seasons? Right. Coaches are not miracle workers. You know, when you're when you're succeeding, I I I tell you all the time, it's players, players, players first. When you're succeeding, when you're not succeeding, when you're mediocre, it's players first. Coaches, really, really good coaches are just making you a little bit better than you could be on your own. And that's always a sliding scale. Um, A.J. Brown obviously has a, a, a bigger ceiling than Quez Watkins. So you can't expect Aaron Moorhead to turn Quez Watkins into A.J. Brown, to say the least. Um, when you look at blaming Brian Johnson, just understand, when in 2022, when Jalen Hurts was, again, the runner-up for the MVP, Brian Johnson was the guy working with him most closely on a daily basis as he turned into this superstar. And now he's a bad coach? No, you're just assigning blame. Then I, you know, the Eagles offense, I get that on, on Twitter today. I got the Eagles offense is terrible, this, that. They were embarrassing. They were the number eight offense in the NFL. They were the number seven offense in points per game. They were the number three offense on third downs. They were the number one offense on fourth downs. Number one. They were number nine in red zone. There is no perspective in this city. None. So- so how so so how does a one in seven record happen? Is it strictly just defense? Well, yeah, the defense was bad. The defense, and and we can go back to Jonathan Gannon. How many times did we discuss? Oh, the number two defense in the NFL, not a big deal. No hiccups. Don't worry about it. The next guy's got to be better than Jonathan Gannon. How many times do you hear that? I know how many times I heard it. He's got to be better. <laughs> yeah, we did. Gotta be, but there's no perspective. And, and this morning on 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 Birds 365, Jody and I got yelled at for talking about the Super Bowl. This is part of the problem. You, if you don't want to pay attention to the rest of the league, you're in your little Eagles bubble, and you have no context to compare the team against everybody else. That's when you say, "How does Brian Johnson get a job?" Four teams interviewed him. Mm-hmm. He's well regarded around the league. The moment Alex Tanny was scapegoated, I was told, well, he's going to end up in Indy. And that's because not only does Shane Steichen like him, Nick Sirianni likes him. Nick and, and Shane are thick as thieves. Uh, Nick didn't want to fire him. He had to fire him because he was mm. ordered to fire him. Thinks he's a good young coach. And he will continue in an upward trajectory in Indianapolis as he gets a promotion. But when you're when you're number when you're top ten in so many meaningful categories, and you're th- and you think you have a bad offense, that's because you're not paying attention to the rest of the league. 
And then you're saying, well, Kellen Moore's going to be an upgrade. Well, guess what? Kellen Moore was in the league last year with one of the best quarterbacks, certainly the most talented quarterbacks in football, and some pretty good skill position as well when you talk about Keenan Allen. Now, they had some injuries. Right. They, they weren't top 10 like the Eagles. That's a good point. Um, you know, it's just the, the context is it's, it doesn't exist and it, it's strange to me, but but my, my, my larger point is coaches aren't saving you. Mm. Personnel is saving you personnel. And Nick Sirianni said it when in the good times, show me a good coach and I'll show you a whole bunch of good players. That's a good point. I mean, you know, it, it, it makes you think, you know, when it comes to the when it comes to these organizations, right? You know, it's easy to fire coaches. You can't really fire players. You know, there's so much money invested in these players, and it, it kind of forces the hand of these, it kind of forces the hand of these organizations to kind of make knee-jerk reactions. Um, you know, when you think about it from the Eagles perspective, right? Uh, Jalen Hurts, he's a big time quarterback now, big money quarterback. You know, uh, you can make an argument. Um, I believe the length of the contract goes until about what is that, 2027 or 8, if I'm not mistaken. But arguably, they have about a four-year window with this Jalen Hurts contract, especially with the cap hits being as low as they currently are. Um, when you think about it from that perspective, when you think about it from the money perspective, investing in the quarterback, um, could that speak more to, um, the, uh, I guess, the, the hastiness um, that the Philadelphia Eagles have been moving with um, over the past few weeks, especially with their coaching hires and fires? Yeah, I mean, Jeffrey Sona – propensity of this in the past so i mean it's typical that that my my biggest problem you know people talk about um you know the the stretch which which at the end of the season was terrible don't get me wrong i'm not everybody knows it was terrible yeah they um, shocked you a couple times every time you thought they would win they lose yeah. they, they, they shocked um, all of us yeah they certainly shocked me in tampa but um it's not necessarily it, it my my problem with Jeffrey is in in other cities not every city there are some Pittsburgh Green Bay Dallas you know Philadelphia um fans aren't going away they can say what they want they can say if if so and so isn't fired I'm not coming to a game you okay <laughs> and and yeah and and you know one out of a, a 20,000 might follow up on that, but it's not meaningful. Um, to the, and and my point with that is they have the luxury of being patient, but they don't utilize it. They don't expand, utilize expand, it. expand on that a little bit more. They have the luxury of being patient, but they don't utilize it. What, do, what, is, what does that mean exactly? In other words, they don't have to. If there's certain places where you have to fire people because you have to sell your plan to the fan base or you're not going to sell tickets and you're not going to sell jerseys and you're going to have difficulty filling stadiums and maybe they're not going to watch you on Sunday. There are certain cities where, you know, things aren't as football passionate. Look at, look at everywhere down South, by the way, look at Los Angeles where, you know, you're a half hour away from the beach and there's other stuff to do and maybe better stuff. Um, That's a good point. That, spe to, that, that speaks to why the Rams really went all in the way they did. That's a good point. Yeah, it, and the Eagles and there's certain other teams that have the luxury of being patient if they choose to be patient. 
they choose not to be patient. And, you know, the, the assumption that I heard somebody today, I don't want to pick on him, but somebody today said, well, they made a mistake because they hired a rookie offensive coordinator and a um, uh, defensive coordinator with one year experience and they're a contender and you can't do that if you're a contender. And I maintain, go back to 2021, what they had, they had a rookie head coach. They had a rookie defensive coordinator and they had an offensive coordinator with one year experience. That's Mm. it. And they were in, in the Super Bowl in year two. They had some growing pains in year one. Right. So the assumption that you're not the, the the growing pains aren't about the lack of experience. The growing pains are about the transition. So you're making this transition and trying to thread the needle, which makes it even worse with Nick Sirianni. So you have you got the same head coach. You got a virtually brand new coaching staff, brand new coordinators, and people think, oh, they're going to hit the ground running because they have experience. No. People have to learn how to work under Big Fangio. People have to learn how to work under Kellen Moore. Uh, you're going to have growing pains. Um, well, here's well, here's the thing: the, mo- the money changes everything. It's you know it's interesting. You you do make, you do make a good comparison between 2021 and 2023. They're pretty much mirror seasons in terms of the per- um the staff, uh, the coordinators to be spe- specific in the, uh, the their experience. Um, I think the key difference in all of that is the fact that now they're paying Jalen Hurts north of fifty million dollars. Well, yeah, but I, I the Jalen Hurts cap hit was <clears throat> very minimal this year. Agreed. How we Agreed. set up the contract, it was six million and something somewhere in that range. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think it's um, uh, for the twenty twenty four season, the cap hit is thirteen million. Yeah, thirteen fourteen, I think somewhere thirteen and a half, uh, right. and then it kicks up to like twenty two or something, and then still it manageable really spikes. Then it really spikes to thirty two, and and. But by 2026, even if you want to continue on with the Jalen Hurts era, you know, by then his contract will be very cost effective because as you see more quarterbacks sign, you just get more and more money. Mm -hmm. Um, So that shouldn't be that much of an issue. Yeah, it's easier. And you see it again, most Super Bowls, most recent Super Bowls, and you'll see it with Brock Purdy uh, on Sunday, uh, quarterback on a rookie deal. So it makes it easier um, to build a roster, no doubt about it. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes gets paid, and the Chiefs are doing just fine as well. So um, you have to do it a little bit differently. Um, You know, the Eagles got to do a better job hitting on some draft picks early that can get them on the field. Um, And maybe that has to do with, you know, they're a very veteran-laden team. Um, the Chiefs are interesting to me because if you looked at the Chiefs, um, say, week eight in 2022, they didn't look like a Super Bowl team. Right. But they were playing very young players, particularly in the secondary, and they had, they had the patience to grow with those players. And by the time they got to the Super Bowl, those, those guys were making plays and were being effective. Um, certainly as rookies, they made mistakes. Um, the Eagles haven't been able to do that this year. If you go back to the, 
In fact, I saw uh, a bunch of guys who were out there in Las Vegas writing about it because the Chiefs have kind of talked about it. Their demarcation line was kind of the loss to the Eagles. That was an ugly loss for them. Mm. Um, Travis Kelsey dropping the ball, uh, Balta Scantling dropping the ball, just really poor, uh, um, just a really poor performance beating themselves and things like right. that. And they keep getting incrementally better. They had no weapons and all of a sudden they let Rasheed Rice grow and he's been a dominant player in the playoffs. I don't, I don't see that growth in season um, from the Eagles, partially because they don't seem willing to play young players. Last year they played uh, Jalen Carter because he was so effective early. Um, didn't play Nolan Smith, didn't play Sidney Brown till they were forced to play Sidney Brown. Then he was out of position. They never put him back at safety till it was too late. Right. Then he tears his ACL. They don't play Nolan Smith. When they do play Nolan Smith, it's an off-ball linebacker, you know, primarily because, you know, of injuries, no doubt, but still he's not going to be effective at off-ball linebacker. Why are you doing that? So, you know, there's where you can criticize the coaching staff a little bit, and you can also criticize Howie Roseman, and maybe they got to get on the same page and say, you know what, if you're playing young players early in the season, they're going to make some mistakes, and you got to live through it, and you got to play through it. As Jim Schwartz used to say, startup calls, get them over with. Get them over with. And it's going to be hard in the moment, because again, you're talking about a football passionate city, and they're going to say so and so stinks. But guess what? They're not going away. So you have the luxury of patience, which is what I brought up. They can say whatever they want. You have the luxury of patience. It's, it, it's interesting. You know, we're going to begin to close the show pretty soon. Um, it, it's interesting. You know, it, it, it's like it's like the Eagles pretend as if they're so beholden to their stakeholders. You know, if, if they were like a, a Forbes company, they, they they act like, you know, they have so many investors to answer to. In reality, you know, if we're putting it into perspective, speaking for myself, as much as this team bothers me at times, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I'm not going Nobody, anywhere. Nobody's going anywhere. I, 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 I know that. And, you know, they know that. But they don't – and again, you know, it's one guy. It's not like <clears throat> I can tell you that if it were up to Nick Sirianni, he might have made certain decisions on certain guys. Mm -hmm. um, and he might have thought, and he's the expert, he might have thought that certain assistant coaches didn't live up to what he was hoping for. Um you know, they had to hire some guys late because they went to the Super Bowl. And maybe with more options, he, he could have tweaked some things. But obviously, you know, guys like Petulo and Jamal Singleton and, and Brian Johnson and Alex Tanney and Aaron Moorhead and Jason Michael, they would have been back. Jeff Stoutland, they would have been back. Um, defensively, he probably would have made a lot of changes. But instead, you have a gutted coaching staff. And, you know, some of them are, are, have had success, the new hires that we do know. <clears throat> but the assumption that you're not going to have any growing pains because Kellen Moore 
has been a play caller in Dallas um, or or with the Chargers, he's still got to learn this offense. He's still got to learn his players. And 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 the only thing that helps with is 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 time and patience. Same thing. And maybe by year two you start clicking. But I think the assumption that you just change coaches and everything's going to be fine. No, I mean, you know, the Eagles just hired a linebackers coach, Bobby King. Yes, yeah, so Bobby- great segue. I'm glad you brought that up. I want I wanted to talk to you about that, about you know what he brings to the table and his uh, his resume as well. Um, he's probably their fourth choice. No. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, they John, were trying- I love, John, I love you, man. They were trying to get Joe Barry, and they were trying to right. get um, they were trying to get Mike Caldwell, and they were trying to get um, uh, the guy in Miami. I forget his name, who was with Bick last year, and they all took other jobs. Uh, now, why did we were talking with Martin Frank this morning? Why would they take other jobs? Because Bick's got this great reputation. Um, you know why? Because they don't have any linebackers. So, as a coach, you're not going to look good if you don't have any linebackers. So, and that's and, true. And, that's, and that's, even, that's even more to your point that it's about the players, not exactly, the coaching. Exactly. That's exactly my point. It's about the players. And that's the reason guys who have options, like Joe did, Mike did, and, um, Andrew signed with uh, Green Bay. Mm-hmm. They all have better linebackers. Uh, so, you know, in other spots, yeah, Kellen Moore, you know, probably had other options. Not probably, definitely had other options. Now he's going to come to Philadelphia because they have a ton of talent on offense. Yeah, he'll try that. Um, so, you know, obviously in each individual spot, but as far as, and I'm not picking on Bobby King. It's just, you know, and 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 people say, um, no matter whenever I tweet out, Eagles hired somebody. They say, is he any good? I mean, <laughs> there's no. That's why I said this morning. There's no PFF grades for assistant coaches. I mean, I'll ask Nick if he's good, and Nick will say he's great. Blah blah blah. There's never been a bad coach hiring. It's like a successful surgery. Because everybody gets the guy they want. Everybody, um, but the you know, he, he's he's got some experience, and I'm sure he's a good positional coach. But they probably would have want somebody else, and they didn't get somebody else because the personnel is not there right now. Right. Um, this will be my final point before uh, before we get out of here, John. I'll pick, I'll pick your brain about this. You know. Everything you say about the Eagles is so fascinating, especially when it comes to um, how they handle these coaches and, and you know, their impatience um, with the Brian Johnson, Sean Desai combo. Um, and also their willing, you know, their willingness to just strip Nick Sirianni so quickly of, you know, of his control of his team. You know, it, it, it really speaks to their lack of trust, in my opinion. It speaks to their lack of trust and not just their coaches, but Nick Sirianni to be specific and they trust themselves more than they trust their coaches. They believe they're the reason, the front office, I mean, and the uh, the higher-ups, they believe they're the reason why their teams are successful. And 
if the if a coach can't execute what they want to do, they're just going to off them, you know, without any sort of remorse. Um, it certainly seems that way. Um, I mean, we went through. I mean, you fired uh, a Super Bowl winning head coach. Yeah. I mean, that's you don't get no more. You don't get no more arrogant than that. Yeah, it 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 certainly seems that way. I I you know. That's the way the industry, they're not the only team. Most teams do it this way. Um, there's tremendous turnover um, with the coaching staff. I just talked about the whole NFC East. I mean, it's just a big incestuous madhouse. Uh, you know, you know, even if you, the Giants who stayed away, the Giants interviewed Denard Wilson. He was almost their defensive coordinator. Um they they ultimately ha- uh, hired Shane Bowen, who was the Titans' uh, defensive coordinator, but he lost his job because the Titans hired uh, a new head coach, and the Titans hired Denard Wilson. So the Titans got um, um, the Giants got the Titans' defensive coordinator. The Titans got the one of the guys the Giants were interviewing. It's it's just. You know, the assumption that there's these huge, vast differences between. And then you got guys like Shane Bowen going from, all right, you're out in Tennessee, you're in New York. Yep. Bobby Keane goes from Tennessee to Philadelphia. It's, yeah. yeah. Everybody's dating everybody, right, John? Exactly. It's, uh, yeah, it's a big family affair. And, you know, again, it's going to be fun because you're going to have Cliff Kingsbury and Brian Johnson uh, going against the Eagles, and you're going to have uh, Doug Nussmeyer and Kellen Moore going against the Cowboys. You're going to have Dan Quinn going against the Cowboys from Washington and Joe Witt from Washington's perspective. Who knows if they hire uh, Wink Martindale, you'll have him going against the Giants and on and on and on and on. You know, it, and, and it's funny because if you go to these other cities, in in Washington, they think they got a great coach in Dan Quinn. People in Dallas are kicking him out the door because he lost in the playoffs. Um, the Eagles think they got a great um, offensive. Eagles fans think they got a great offensive coordinator who got scapegoated in Dallas two years ago. He was the mm. scape. He was Brian Johnson. He was the scapegoat. He was the one assigned blame for failing to reach expectations. And very few people seem to realize this. So it's like you put a new coat of paint on the same thing. <laughs> oh, man, that's, the, that, that's a hell of a way to put it. Um, you know, we'll close with this, John. As incestuous as the <laughs> NFC East, as the NFL has become, one thing I've always learned in life, Never date your best friend's ex. It can never end well. And uh, we'll, well they're close doing that. that. They're doing that. They're <laughs> it, can, it can never end well, you guys. And, uh, and we'll leave it at that. John, right, here's my always... dream is the Eagles yes. have uh, a great season and Kellen Moore is the Cowboys head coach next year. How about that? <laughs> Ooh, this can get tricky, man. Uh, and I know you guys, we appreciate you so much for locking in on the content, as you guys always do. Make sure you guys smash that like button. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports youtube channel this is the jacob sports youtube network also make sure you guys check out john on si.com does an amazing job uh covering your philadelphia eagles providing you with the great insight that he provided us with today it's always tremendous uh make sure you guys also check him out on jacobsports.com and also you guys make sure you check him out 
um, on Birds 365, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, with his partner in crime, the infamous Jody McDonald. Uh, you know, yeah, I, I, I pray for Jody sometimes because he's a, he's a Jets fan, and um, it's it's never easy. But overall, man, I'm just glad that he's on our side covering the Philadelphia Eagles. And I appreciate you, John, uh, as always, man. Again, smash that like button and make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel, you guys. This has been Football 24-7 with John McMullen, and I'm your guy, Tony Shows the Second. And we'll see you next time. Sorry, Jody. <laughs> when it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Metson Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Metson Associates.